morning. It is great to worship with you this morning. Welcome to each of you in the room. We're so glad to see you continuing to gather after a season of life that's been limited. It's really good to be together. It's really great to have you in worship today and to worship with you as well as for our online family. We're so thankful for you and we're glad that you've taken the moment to worship with us. Uh, I even this morning was blessed um, by a couple who came in today and said, you know what, this has obviously been their first time back in a while and they said, we've been with you online the whole time, which is great, you know. God uses moments to open up new opportunities for all of us and when we use those opportunities well, they don't hold us back, they move us forward. And those are things that we can be grateful for. Today, that's what I'm going to talk about, gratitude. We're in a series called Better. And the reality in life is that when we face challenges, they can either set us back or we can use those challenging moments to get better. We can become better as people. We can become better in our faith. We can become better as followers of Jesus if we learn a few principles that are very important. We're talking about those this month. The first one last week was thankfulness. Learning what it means to be thankful allows you as a believer to become a better person and a better Christian when you're thankful for what God has done, for what he has provided. Today, the second part is gratitude. And I know immediately you're thinking, what's the difference? What's the difference between being thankful and being grateful? Well, thankfulness is usually something that you express. Remember, we talked a little bit about that last week, that thankfulness is something that you reveal or that you show. Usually when someone does something kind to you, you say what? Thank you. And you're expressing that sense of thankfulness because you are the recipient of something that someone else has done for you. You're the object and the subject has acted upon you. And of course, last week we talked about the reason to be thankful is that God is the author of all things that come our way and it is his will right now for us to be thankful. And we talked about how meaningful that is. That is a key in getting better in life, regardless of your circumstance. Because there are some times where we don't feel thankful, where we don't like what's going on. But even in the midst of that, as we looked at last week, to get out of that ditch, to get out of that darkness, to get out of that discouragement, out of that depression, out of that moment that's beat you down, thankfulness will be like a rescue raft coming your way when you're floating on the sea. It's something that God will provide to pull you out of the depths when you learn to be thankful for what you have because it's what God has provided. Gratitude is a little different. Gratitude is something that you feel. Thankfulness is usually something that you express. But gratitude is something that may not always be seen because it's this sense of well-being on the inside and you're thankful, yes, but there's this gratitude for some things that are happening in your life. And we're going to look at that today as we go to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 through 29. That's what we're going to look at this morning. And I want to go on and give you the life lesson using the same framework, same framework as last week to move forward and to get better in life. 
to move forward and to get better in life, be grateful for what you have and for what God has given. To continue to move forward and to get better in life. And we are in a season that we are, as people, as a church, moving forward. And our desire is to continually to get better, to do those things in life. The second secret to being able to accomplish that in your life is to be grateful for what you have because it's what God has given. When I look at the story that we're going to read today from Hebrews, um, I'm deeply moved by the reality of what God does for his children. And you're going to see this as we read together Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible says this, see to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking to you. Now, the writer of Hebrews is not talking about himself. He's talking about God. And he's telling the church, the family of God, the children of God, those who are believers in Christ, followers of Jesus, do not refuse when God speaks to you. See to it that you don't refuse his voice when he speaks to you. For if those who did not escape when they refused him who warned, on, who warned them on earth, much less will, he escape, will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. And his voice, it shook the earth then, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will not only shake the earth, but also the heaven. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews is a fascinating book, by the way. And as I was looking through the scripture on gratitude, I found this one verse that I thought really highlights the truth of scripture. Hebrews, when you go through the book, what you'll read about are all of the miracles throughout the Old Testament and Jesus's presence in all of them. Who is Jesus? The high priest. And so he references a time when there was a tabernacle and people would go in and they would make sacrifices and those sacrifices would be consumed by fire. He references a time when people by faith would trust God when they didn't receive a promise and yet by faith they would trust him. Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter. And he lists all of these people in there. And he references how they trusted the Lord even when it was lean and how God delivered for them. Hebrews is a fascinating book. And you get toward the end of Hebrews and what does the writer say? What is the response for all that God has done and all that God has given to show gratitude. Now think about it. If you want to get better in life, you usually work hard at something. You work hard at your job, you work hard at your abilities, your talents. Um, let's say you want a better vehicle. Usually you're going to work hard and you're going to pay 
more to get a better vehicle and everything's going to cost more your insurance is going to cost more all of that is going to go up one of my dear friends it's funny because when he was younger and raised in a family he wanted a sports car and he lived here in new orleans and he got that sports car and he only drove that sports car for a little while before he realized yeah that insurance is prohibitive now imagine you want to upgrade your vehicle and you realize what it costs you and what it's going to take and how much you're going to have to work for that. And then somebody comes in and they say, I tell you what, because I love you, because I know how hard you're working, because I value you and what you're doing, I'm just going to give you that car. And for as long as you have that car, I'm going to pay your insurance for you. Not only am I going to pay your insurance for you, I'm going to give you the gas money so that you can drive that car, right? And let's just say it's a really nice souped-up sports car. I mean, kind of like one of my favorites, the, the Dodge Charger, right? Like, I love that car, just looking at that. And it is not an EV, by the way. In the whole electric vehicle revolution, yeah, that car is going to drink some gas. So, so let's just say somebody gives that to you. How are you going to feel? Are you going to be, uh, well, that's nice. Are you going to be grateful? When you're working hard to get better at something and you receive a blessing that affirms you along the way, you're going to be grateful for something that happens that's good on your behalf. And the apostle that writes this letter helps the church understand then that God is in a way working in our lives, even in seasons that we may not understand, to help us get better. And the only response that's appropriate after all of these moments of faith and challenge, as he lists throughout the entire book of Hebrews, he says the response, what's the response of the family of God? What's the response of the believer? What's the response of those who have received the kindness and mercy of God? The response is to show gratitude. Gratitude is this. It's warmly or deeply appreciative of kindness or benefits received. That's the definition of gratitude. It's, it's being warmly or deeply appreciative. It's something that you feel. And why do you feel that way? Because you have received some form of kindness or some benefit to your life. And with that, you're grateful. Now, as we go through Thanksgiving and we go through this season and we prepare for one of the most generous times of life which is usually the Thanksgiving and Christmas season where most people are genuinely benevolent kind giving very gracious and generous as we go into that season why does that happen because there's a season before Christmas where we focus on being thankful being grateful and when we are thankful and grateful. We move forward faster in life as God's children. We get better. We walk faster out of times of discouragement, out of times of depression and darkness. We move forward out of the way that sometimes the world would oppress and put us down. We move through those quicker. Why? Because we take our eyes off of what is right in front of us. And we put them back on the author of the one who has expressed kindness, goodness, and applied to us 
his benefit. That's the Father in heaven, and that's what the writer of Hebrews is highlighting. So to move forward in life and to get better, it's learning to be grateful for what you have and what God has given. How can I be a grateful person? How can you express gratitude? How can all of us learn to be the kind of people that are grateful? Well, there are three things that stand out from this passage that I think help formulate a plan for you and I to apply in our lives to get to a point of being grateful for what we have and what God has given. And the writer of Hebrews says these three things very clearly in Scripture. Here's the first one. Gratitude to God is expressed in the following ways. How do you show gratitude? It's a feeling, but how do you get it out? How do you express gratitude to God for what he's done, what he's doing, what he's going to do for what he's given? First of all, gratitude is expressed by acceptable service. The writer of Hebrews says, therefore, since we have received, we are recipients. Recipients of what? Of a kingdom that cannot be destroyed of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are recipients of a grace that cannot be taken away, of a love that does not fail, of forgiveness that will not be taken back. We are recipients of the kingdom of God, family of Jesus by faith. We have received his goodness into our lives. You may not always feel it. You may not always see it. And there are times where you may even question it. We do that as people. But that does not diminish the fact that God has given it. And once God has given it, the gifts of God are irrevocable, says Scripture. Once God has given you a part of his kingdom, you have received from him salvation, mercy, grace, life. That is a gift that you don't lose because God has given it to you. We have received that. And since we have received that, let us show gratitude. How? How do we show gratitude to God? And he says, by offering to God an acceptable service. First of all, acceptable service. How do you serve God? I mean, how do you show God your gratitude? How do you let God know that you are grateful for what he has given? Well, acceptable service is very important because it ties back into this kingdom that we have received that will not be shaken. It will not be changed. If you look back at the last 18 months, two years of life, there's been a lot of change, hasn't there? A lot of things have been shaken. A lot of faith in organizations, a lot of faith in politics, things have been shaken. A lot of faith in who's in charge, what's going on. A lot of things get shaken. Perhaps your financial world has been shaken. Your job has been shaken. Your family has been shaken. Your life has been shaken. But the writer of Hebrews says, you have received a kingdom that can't be shaken. You have received a gift that can't be taken away. The kingdoms that can't be shaken, the things that cannot be shaken, they're important. What would they be? How do we express to God acceptable service with things that can't be shaken? Well, perhaps you've learned, like me, that one of the most important things in life that you have been given, when everything else is shaken, one of the most important things that's been given by God are the people right there around you. 
Think about it. During the last 18 months of life, what have you valued more than anything else? The people that love you, that stand with you, stand beside you, that are genuine, authentic, and real. You've learned to value others. The Bible says this, Galatians 5.13, For you, brothers and sisters, you have been called to freedom. Do not use your freedom as an opportunity to serve the flesh, but use your freedom to serve one another through love. Acceptable service to God showing gratitude toward God is by making sure that through your life you serve other people because you love them. You serve others because you love. And perhaps in this time you were challenged relationally. You were challenged in other ways. But you found people who stood with you, who stood beside you, that you may not have seen how important they were in your life until the last season. But now you realize, wow, thank God for them. And one of the ways that you show acceptable service to God and gratitude to God is by being grateful for the people right there around you. Isn't that good? Being grateful for the people right beside you right now. Grateful for the people that are around you when you go to work tomorrow. Grateful for the people that help your life get better. An acceptable service is realizing God has given you relationships. And therefore, serving one another in love and serving others shows I'm grateful for you, and I'm grateful for you because God has brought you into my life for this season to help me become a better person, a better believer, a better follower of Jesus. Others, but it's not just about others. What's another way that we in life can be grateful and that we serve? We not only serve others, but we serve in other capacities. One of my favorite verses, Ephesians 6, 7, says this. Serve with your whole heart as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Serve with your whole heart as if you're serving the Lord and not people. Now, I love that verse because often I will use that to teach my children that they have been gifted and wired in certain ways. And so what they have been given, they need to give their whole heart to. And not because... Mom and dad say this is the right thing, or grandma and grandpa say this is the right thing. But give your whole heart to what you've been given. Serve with what you've been given because you do it as if you're serving the Lord. Acceptable service to God is a sign of gratitude that you're thankful for the gifts and the opportunities that God has put before you. What gifts and opportunities do you have? Well, fill in the blank because those are gifts and opportunities that God has placed in your life. And to seize those with your whole heart. Perhaps it's your job. Maybe it's your recreation. Maybe it's something that you're gifted at and therefore you need to pursue. One of the ways of showing gratitude and service to God is to say, you know what? I'm a good student. Well, then be a good student in Jesus' name and give your best to your studies for the Lord. That's showing gratitude for the gift that God has given. Maybe you're not a good student <laughs> and maybe you struggle, but you're good with some other skill set. And therefore, you make things happen with your abilities and with your hands. Then you give your all to the Lord and you're saying when you give wholeheartedly to what God has provided, God, I'm grateful for the skill set. 
with this intuition that you've provided. Maybe you're an athlete. And I continually tell my son this, look, don't diminish the fact that God has blessed you with speed. His coaches always say one thing you can't do is coach speed. <laughs> you can't increase speed. God gives speed or he doesn't, right? And I always say, if God gave you a gift, then wholeheartedly use that gift. What's your gift? You see, one of the ways that you can show gratitude and acceptable service to God is that whatever it is that you've been given, you do it with all your heart. And not for people. You do it for the Lord. During this season of life, for those of you that know me well, you know that it enters one of my favorite seasons of life. Uh, November is beautiful, sweet November when you're a deer hunter, right? So everything kicks off in November and we love that. When I hunt, people think I'm really nuts about it. But when I hunt and I'm after what I'm looking for as far as trophies, I pay attention to every detail. Matter of fact, I had this experience a couple of weeks ago with a couple of members here in our church. They asked me to tag along on a hunt with them. And so I'm just kind of like the third wheel on the hunt. Um, but as we get to this place that we're going and um, we put our strategy together, the first two days, the weather wasn't good, but I'm watching. I'm paying attention to the wind. I'm checking the forecast. I'm looking at aerial maps and footage. I'm watching every detail because I know what it takes to be successful. I've done this my whole life. It's what I love to do. And the next day, on this Tuesday morning, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, it's the first cold day after this front has blown through. So immediately, I know that's great. The wind's coming out of the north, northwest. Immediately, I know where to place my stand. Immediately, I know, okay, I've got to be there because the movement's probably going to happen in this window of time. So I walk into the woods early this morning. My friends go to their location, and I go to mine, and I've looked at it. There's this funnel with this creek, and there's food on each side of the creek. And there are these hardwoods right there. And I watched for a couple of days from a distance with my binoculars this movement of the deer through this section. So I'm like, this is probably a pinpoint on the map that I need to be. So I pack in with my backpack and my stand and my climbing sticks, and I begin to strap them on the tree one Two, three, I have four climbing sticks. I'm on stick three, and I have stick four in my hand and my lock-on stand on my back. And I look out in the field about 150 yards away, and I see what I'm looking for. And it was early in the morning, just after daylight, and there's this buck there, and he's a nice one. And he's pawing the ground, and he's in the mood for some action, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch what happens here. And literally... I watch him, and every time he turns his head, I put up more of my stand, and I strap on stick four. And then he turns his head, and I go up, and I strap on my lock on. And he turns his head, and I get in my tree stand. And he turns his head, and I pull up my bow and my backpack. He turns his head. I put in my screw-in step. He turns his head. I undo my bow, put in the arrow. And I'm watching him, and at this point, he's worked to about 192 yards away. I'm ranging him with my rangefinder. I told you I was a fanatic, like I'm watching all the details. And I'm sitting here going, okay, and the wind's in my face. He's there, so I know he's not going to pick me up. He's a mature animal. He's lived through all of this his life, etc. And I'm like, okay, let's see if he wants to fight. So I, I call to him, and immediately his head comes up. He's like, who is that other buck in my territory, and what's he doing here? 
And I wait a minute. It's not like humans, you know, you can't just like overpower and call it. I wait just a second, watch him. And he starts to put his head down and I call again. Then he, he just cues in on my location. And I give him just a few minutes watching him what he do. And I call him. And wouldn't you know it, from 192 yards away, he comes on a beeline. I mean, I got him on a rope. Now, this is why I live to do this right here. I mean, like if this, this was television, this is like perfect. This doesn't happen in life. And he comes in 35 yards behind this huge tree, and he starts to leave. And literally, I'm having this moment with God. I'm like, okay, God, if he comes through this pathway, I'm going to take him. That's what I'm going to do. And he starts to leave. And I take my call, and I put it over my shoulder because I don't want to blow him out of the woods, and I want him to think I'm this direction. So I call this direction, and he stops on a dime. He turns. And here he comes. And it was like beautiful. I replay this moment. I draw with my bow. This giant buck's walking right down. Release the arrow. Perfect shot. Smoke him right there where he stands. He runs off. And I spend the rest of the day carving up dinner, right? Because you don't make, grocery, make groceries at Rouse's. You make groceries in the woods. Somebody got to know how to do it, right? What a great experience. Do you know what happened when I did that, you know what elicited from me? Now, I get it. Some of you, you may be PETA, which means people eat tasty animals. Um, <laughs> you, may, you may not um, enjoy what I just described. I appreciate you. Just appreciate what I do for just a minute. I had gratitude. You can enjoy your vegetables, right? I enjoy red meat. They're really, it's really tasty. Um, the thing is... When something like that happens, you know God did it. Now, here's the thing. I did everything right. I went through every detail. I watched my scent. I washed my clothes. I made the right call. But I've had that happen so many times where it doesn't work out. Have you ever put so much into something and it doesn't work out the way that you want it to work out? It makes it sweeter when it does. When it finally happens for you, because you've worked hard at something like that, and whatever it is you do, you do it as if you're doing it for the Lord. Because the Bible even says, from the Lord, you will receive your reward. Gratitude flows when whatever we do, whether it's our relationships, our jobs, other things that we're excited about, when we give the Lord our best, that's a sign that you are not taking for granted something that God has given to you. What's something that you love to do? Have you thought about giving your best to that as if you give it to the Lord? Because when you receive the reward from something that you love to do, what's it going to elicit from within you? Gratitude. Hey, there's one final thing, a place that we all know well that we should be grateful that we should show gratitude is and that's in the church you see it's not just with our relationships and it's not just with our skill sets and our jobs it's also in the church the bible in ephesians chapter 4 says that the saints have been gifted so that as they are gifted they work together to build up the body of christ do you realize another place that you can absolutely show gratitude to the Lord for your church, how you serve in your church. This past week, if you look at the floor, you'll notice that, yeah, we're still dealing with Hurricane Ida fallout and we're trying to solve some problems. And someone 
in the church has been helping us saying, hey, here's probably the pattern you need to look at. Here's the match that you need to do. Why? Because they've been gifted in such a way to know how to do things that they said, I want to serve the Lord. This is what I can do to help the church. That's acceptable service. And we show gratitude when we appreciate what God has given in our relationships, in our opportunities, and in our church by serving the Lord with all of our hearts. That's the first part. The second thing that we can do to show gratitude is reverence. Reverence. And why is reverence important? This whole passage says, See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. How do you know when someone is speaking? Can, can we read minds? No, I realize that um, wives, you want your husbands to read your minds, right? Um, ladies, that's sometimes what's said. Or guys, maybe you want your wife to read your mind. Or maybe you don't. <laughs> How do you know when someone's speaking? It has to be spoken. It has to be said. And the Bible says very clearly, do not refuse the voice of the one who speaks to you. When God speaks, how does he speak to you? Well, usually he speaks in a moment of worship. He speaks in a moment of church. He speaks through his word. He speaks when we pray. God is in the business of speaking to you, his people, his children. What's the response? How do you show God that you're appreciative or grateful for what he's doing in your life, what he's provided? The Bible says... Reverence. Reverence is very important. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, Show reverence to Christ because he is the Lord. Show reverence to Christ because he is the Lord. Now, sometimes that's not hard. You come into church and you see stained glass windows. Or in our culture, you might see a cross or Jesus on the cross. And what does that elicit usually when you go into church? Reverence. Being reverent of the environment. Maybe not so much today. Perhaps your parents showed more reverence when you went to church. Because I can remember as a child, if I talked during church, well, bam, you know, they were letting me have it, right? Maybe we've laxed on our reverence, you know. But reverence is something to uplift something very important. Who do you revere in your life? Is it a professional athlete that doesn't know your name and isn't going to pay your bills? <laughs> uh, is it a movie star that you revere? Because, gosh, they've accomplished a lot, but yet they're just movie stars. That's all they are. Is it the people that help you make life happen? Is it Jesus? The Bible says one of the ways that you can show gratitude to God is by showing reverence to Jesus. Because through Jesus, God has given you everything good. Psalm chapter 5, verse 7 says this, But I, God, by your great love, come into your house, and in reverence I bow down towards your throne. God, I can come into your house by your great love for me, your loving kindness, your mercy, your grace. Because of that, I can come into your house, and I can bow down towards your holy temple, towards your throne. That's reverence. Recognizing that it is God 
who speaks. And when God speaks, our response is reverence, understanding who it is that speaks. The Bible, like I mentioned in Hebrews chapter um, chapter 4, chapter 5, it goes on and it talks about the temple and Jesus being the high priest. Jesus was like the high priest in the Old Testament. If you've read the Old Testament, you realize that there were these sections of the temple. There was the outer court where anybody could come. There was a, another courtyard where just the children of God of the nation of Israel could come. There was a, another court where the sacrifices could be made to God if you had made yourself right with God. And then there was this holy of holy section where only the priest could go. And if the priest was unholy, they actually tied a rope to his leg because that place was so holy that if he went in and he had not confessed his sin, and if he were not pure before God, and he would walk in in the presence of God and the priest was impure, he'd fall over dead. And they had to pull him out by a rope. That's for real. That's how serious reverence was in the Old Testament. Fast forward to the New Testament. And the writer of Hebrews says, one of the ways that you can show gratitude to God is even today in the temple of your heart, the Holy of Holies where he dwells, where Jesus dwells, you show reverence to him. That's how serious it is. And that's the connection that's made by the writer of Hebrews. One of the ways we serve God is to reverently, reverently worship him, reverently talk to him. You know, so many times in our culture, Jesus is our bud. I remember a few years ago, there was a t-shirt, Jesus is my homeboy. <laughs> Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the son of God. Yes, he is a friend of sinners. Yes, he is an amazing savior, but he's a savior. He's God. And reverence is a way that we show gratitude for all that he's done to save us. The last thing that the writer of Hebrews talks about, let us show gratitude by how we serve. Let us show gratitude with reverence and let us show gratitude with awe, with awe, A-W-E. Why is awe important? Well, he gives a key in the last verse of the chapter. He says, for our God is a consuming fire. What does fire do? Think about what fire does in our life. Fire, it burns. It gets hot, right? We think of fire, we think of it burning. It's something that you don't want to walk into, right? It's something that really could be destructive. But fire also has good qualities. Fire purifies. Fire burns off things that cannot last or things that, as the writer of Hebrews says, can be shaken. And it purifies us to focus on the things that cannot be shaken. So the writer of Hebrews very clearly is saying, we show gratitude to God in awe because he is purifying our lives to focus on things that last instead of things that will not last. We have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The things of this world can be shaken. But what you have received as a child of God cannot be shaken. It cannot be burned away. It can only be purified. 
What else does fire do? Well, in Hebrews, again, there are a lot of Old Testament references. And immediately, there's a reference to the book of Exodus. What does fire do in the book of Exodus? When God rescues his people from captivity, just like Jesus rescues us from the captivity of sin. Well, in Exodus, when God rescued his people from the captivity and bondage of Egypt, he led them out. How did God lead them out? How did he lead them through the rest of their life? How did he lead them? With a pillar of fire by day and a cloud by night. That's how he would lead them. God would lead them as an all-consuming fire. Fire doesn't just burn. It purifies. And the fire of God doesn't just purify. He leads us. Why would we show gratitude to God? Because he is a God who leads his children. He is a God who burns off the things in our life that should be burned off. That should be taken away. He is a God that purifies his children. And those seasons of life that you go through that are not fun. They're painful. They're hard. God is a God who is at work purifying you. Purifying your faith. Purifying us. And when he's in the midst of doing that, he's also in the midst of leading us to where he desires us to be. Showing Awe, standing in awe with reverence is an expression of gratitude. Luke 9, 43 tells a story of Jesus. Jesus cast a demon out of a child. This is after Jesus has fed a multitude. This is after Jesus has talked about his resurrection. This is after Jesus' transfiguration. In Luke 9, he helps a child. He does a miracle. And when he does that miracle, what's fascinating about this, everybody stood in awe. They stood in awe of Jesus. When's the last time you stood in awe of what God's done? To be thankful is to express it. To be grateful, that feeling, is to be able to show it back to the source that is bestowed upon you kindness, love, mercy. How do you express that gratitude back to God? God, I'm going to serve you with what you've given. God, I'm going to approach you and worship you with reverence. And God, I just stand in awe of who you are and what you've done. This morning, I want to give you a personal moment of reflection. Because maybe it's been a minute since you've been in awe of the God who loves you in awe of what he's done. And part of you getting back to a place of gratitude is to realize who he is, what he's doing, and to turn your heart to him. God, you're awesome. And I just want to know you and worship you for who you are. Will you bow your heads for just a moment in reverence? Close your eyes as a sense of respect to God, for he is the God who is at work in your life. And where you sit and where you watch right now, open your heart to be able to say, God, I genuinely want to be grateful for what you have given 
Help me to get better by showing gratitude for that. God, I want to learn to revere you, to worship you better with reverence. Show me through gratitude how to get better for that. And God, I want you to re-inspire the fire within my heart for you, the fire that you have placed there to burn away things that don't belong, to purify my heart, and to lead me forward to get better in my relationship with you. God, I want to stand in awe of you. And as you're praying right now, perhaps for some of you, you've lost your sense of awe. You know you're a child of God. You know you're saved by Jesus, but you've lost your awe. Ask God right now to restore to your heart all for Him. Perhaps in your life, you've lost your reverence. Ask God to restore the reverence for Him in your heart. And maybe because you've taken for granted the things that he's given you've lost your gratitude God thank you for what you've given help me to use those things to serve you and to express my gratitude in service Father I pray these things over your children today because they are the keys for each of us to move forward in life and to get better and it only happens through your son, Jesus. So I pray today for any man, woman, student in the room and online who has yet to start a relationship with you by surrendering in faith. Jesus to you, the one we revere the most. I pray for them today that by your spirit, you will draw them into that relationship for real, for the first time. And if that's you, I invite you right now to say, Dear God, thank you for your love for me. Today, I turn from my ways and I turn to your son Jesus to become my savior. And I'm grateful for what you've done to rescue me. I want to follow you in service and in reverence and in awe. And if that's your prayer, you've become a child of God today. And you've entered into the greatest family the world has ever known. Father, I thank you for this day. And I thank you for this time. That we learn to be grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. I am grateful for you. I'm grateful for your walk with the Lord. Next week, we have a wonderful opportunity for the families. Listen to this. From kindergarten through 12th grade. Kindergarten through 12th grade. Our children's ministry team and our student ministry team have lined up and they've worked together to do something called the weekend. And the weekend is something where they are going to be a part of worship experiences, group discipleship, and quite frankly, an amazing time together. Having a good time and being able to do that. If you haven't heard about that, kindergarten through 12th grade, your children, 
your students. It's another way that Calvary is committed to bringing life back to this church, to your homes, to your families, to moving you forward by faith. It's another way that we just kind of say, look, the world is in awe of everything else. We want to be in awe of Jesus. We want to teach kids and students about the fire of God that consumes from the inside out. And so with that, the weekend happens next weekend. If you haven't signed up, you can go to the welcome desk in the back. You can sign up online. But that's why we give. When you think about your tithes and your offerings, the commitments that we make, it's not just to help do facilities. It's really about the people and the purpose. The purpose that we have to help people grow in their commitment, their relationship with Jesus and in their faith. And that's why we do what we do. So thank you for giving. Thank you for being faithful with that.